The Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, Lord. Jesus began to teach them that the Son of Man must undergo great suffering and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed, and after three days rise again. He said all this quite openly, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But turning and looking at his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. He called the crowd with his disciples and said to them, If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it. And those who lose their life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will save it. For what will it profit them to gain the whole world and forfeit their life? Indeed, what can they give in return for their life? Those who are ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of them the Son of Man will also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise, Praise to you, you, O Christ. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord Jesus the Christ. Amen. Amen. Someone once shared with me an encounter that they had at a jewelry store. While looking at a display case of necklaces, this person overheard a young woman ask the salesperson if she could look at one of the sterling silver crosses that was located behind the glass there. And this cross-shaped necklace she wanted to look at was located among several varying styles of cross necklaces. And so to be sure the salesperson picked out the correct one, the young woman specified, I'll take that cross, the one without the little man on it. Little chuckle. Maybe it was the delivery. The punchline should have been much more profound. But (laughs) Apart from any historical connection to the reason some of the necklace crosses even have a little man on them, let alone understanding and knowing who and what this little human figure represents, the cross can and is often simply a pretty precious metal symbol with which we choose to accessorize our wardrobe. Historically, the people in Jesus' day would have completely understood quite vividly what he meant when he said, if any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. The cross, you see, was a symbol of terror in Jesus' day. It was the, the choice method of public execution utilized by the Roman empirical forces to send this pervasive message that anyone going against the constrictive rules of the empire would be crucified on a cross, thus striking terror in the hearts and the minds of the people. So, a convicted person, often unjustly convicted, would then be forced to carry a wooden beam 
essentially wearing it across their shoulders and neckline to be designated to a designated place where that beam would then be affixed to an upright beam and the person carrying that beam would then be hung on it, either tied to it by ropes or in instances like Jesus's, nailed to it where they would eventually suffocate. It was horrible. It was horrible. Jesus expressly shared with Peter and the disciples what it was that they could expect by their association with being a follower of Jesus, and you can imagine what that must have sounded like. They would witness one of the greatest travesties in history, in which Jesus describes it in this way, the Son of Man must undergo great suffering and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed, and after three days rise again. Peter privately rejected that notion. He pulled Jesus aside and began to, Scripture says, rebuke him. But then Jesus, turning back to openly address the followers, rebukes Peter. Get behind me, Satan, he says, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. Now, there is so much going on in this scene. But how does it all tie back to the request made at the jewelry counter? I'll take that cross, the one without the little man on it. Jesus said to the people, If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. Do you see the connection? The people knew that that was a death sentence. Knowing full well the people who heard this would understand the brutal context, Jesus invites them to follow me. But what Jesus includes in this terror-provoking challenge is the very promise which enables us to choose wearing cross-styled jewelry even today without the little man on it. Because the power of the empty cross stands because of the power of the empty tomb. That should have gotten an amen. The power of the empty cross stands because of the power of the empty tomb. Amen. I need you, man. I need you. (laughs) Amen, brother. Jesus included this, you might say, surreptitious good news in his prediction of what would happen after his suffering and rejected and being killed. After three days, Jesus says, indeed, Jesus promises, I will rise again. The cross stands empty because of that third day, Easter the resurrection of our Lord Jesus the Christ. If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me, Jesus says. We can do exactly that because the fear which otherwise may consume us if left to bear the the burdens of the world and our lives on our own, the weight of such a cross could crush us. But we're not alone. We're not alone. Carrying the cross is only a part of the journey, but it's shared with all of those who respond in faith to what Jesus is summoning. All the suffering, all the rejection, even death does not have the final say on our lives. 
The cross stands empty because of the empty tomb. Amen. Amen. Whatever burden any one of us may bear, burying it, bearing it alone should no longer be terrifying because of that third day, that Easter moment. That's true, whether you're dealing with medical crisis, aging, relationships, employment dynamics, questions concerning your own sense of self-worth and, and place in this world, anything which can be symbolized by the taking up of our crosses to bear, Jesus is right there with you. And just as was true with Jesus, God doesn't leave you hanging there, nor buried in defeat. The promise of the third day, the resurrection of our Lord Jesus the Christ, emboldens us to wear an empty cross because out of suffering, out of rejection, out of despair, out of any circumstances in our lives in which we find that there is no hope, God gives us hope. God gives you hope. All that stuff which might otherwise hold us back, we can say like Jesus, get behind me, Satan. Satan, by the way, means adversary or anything which draws us away from God. Get behind me. With such faith as guided Abraham and Sarah, God can and will restore you, resurrect your spirit, renew you, and invigorate you through any and all of life's circumstances, even unto death. Do you believe that? In Lent, we repeat the phrase, return to the Lord your God, for God is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. That steadfast love leaves the cross empty because the tomb is empty. That steadfast love mercifully accompanies you along the way, and the burden of the cross you may bear is lifted because of your faith that you are not alone. That little man may not be on the cross, as that young woman pointed out at the jewelry counter, but the spirit of the living God in Christ Jesus is on you and in you and is working through you to change the world. Amen.